Welcome to the C21 podcast. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Today we hear from Banerjee Iberia Chief Executive Pila Blasco about why she believes that rather than being a threat to the TV industry, artificial intelligence in fact offers new creative opportunities. And from Content Budapest, Network 4's Nick Doff, United Media's Tatiana Pavlovich, Warner Brothers Discovery's Dorota Eberhard and M7's Bill Vigeveld on the trends shaping Central and Eastern European pay TV. International co-production and networking event Connector Fiction and Entertainment took place in Toledo last month and among the speakers was Banerjee Iberia Chief Executive Pilar Blasco, there to launch new HBO Max Spain format Time Zone in which competitors take part in a real-life video game. But the show isn't the only high-tech title coming out of Banerjee Iberia with subsidiary Coatso production behind new Netflix series Falso Amor or Deep Fake Love which tests couples' belief in one another by presenting them with AI-generated footage, for example, of their partner cheating on them. Blasco spoke to Neil Beatty about the two formats and why she believes that rather than being a threat to the TV industry, as many argue, AI in fact represents new creative opportunities. So uh, I'm here with, uh, with Pilar Blasco, who is the CEO for Banerjee Iberia. Hola Pilar, can you tell me a little bit about um, why you're here at Connector? What makes Connector such a special event in the content calendar, that kind of thing? Okay, I think uh, it's special because uh, Connecta um, uh, makes a connection between two worlds, no? which uh, is, is, is more or less the role of Spain in, in the audiovisual world. We are a, a kind of bridge or a kind of link between Europe and America. And this is the, 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 the main role of Connecta as well, no? the connectivity of uh, both uh, worlds. And are you speaking at any... Are you speaking at any panel sessions? Are you are you taking part in any events? I'm sure you're a, be- a very busy lady here because you're much in demand. Not me. This year, last year, I have my my, my panel, but this year we have a, a strong presence here because uh, we present uh, uh, two shows: uh, the showcase with uh, Radio Televisión Española about Argonauts, which is um, um, a kids uh, series. Um, launched in Clan, the the, the the kid channel of telev- the public television, and we also have the premiere in the closing ceremony of um, Time Zone, which is a, a reality game show. It's like a video game in the real life, and we launched the first uh, 10 minutes uh, today and, and closes, in the closing ceremony. So, and, and we participate, uh, our producers participate in a lot of panels uh, as well. Time Zone is getting a lot of hype here. A lot of people are talking about it. I think it's, it, could, it could have the potential to be one of those shows that travels a lot internationally. What makes you so confident about this particular show? It's because it's different uh, from uh, the entertainment that we can see today in, in the streamers and uh, particularly in HBO Max. Uh, I think uh, there are uh, reality and, and guessing shows, astrators, for example, but uh, this one particularly has um, a twist and, and has a um, look and feel very different from the entertainment in platforms. So I, I hope uh, our audiences uh, can, can, can love it. And um, are you taking meetings here at Connector about possible co-productions and international, you know, collaborations? What kinds of um, partnerships is Banerjee Iberia looking for at the moment? 
very diverse because uh, you know that uh, we are as Banijai, uh, we are an agnostic platform, so we can reach uh, agreements with uh, everybody that uh, has a, a high level of production, no? which is as our our ambition as well. So our producers are um, looking for uh, collaboration in talents or in co-production as well, any kind of collaboration with an international approach as well. Okay. And obviously, there's, the big theme is about connecting Europe with, with America. Do you have very good, good links with America now? I mean, do you think that's something you can expand on further? Or how are you finding your dealings with the streaming companies, the big streamers that, you know, are in such a state of upheaval at the moment? Well, we, we, as, as part of our customers are global, we have a very good relationship with all global streamers uh, based here in, in Spain, no? in Iberia, because, uh, you know, uh, as part of Vanijay Group, uh, there are um, uh, there are opcos in Americas, in Brazil, in Mexico, and, and in Los Angeles, and we have a very good relationship with, with them, looking always to, to do things uh, together. No? Uh, in fact, we have uh, we have produced with Elefantec and uh, Baya con Latam Bose our series about the, the biopic of uh, uh, the singer uh, Miguel Bose, and we we hope uh, to find new opportunities, new chances to to, to do things in, in in America as well, no, in in, in all America in, with Brazil because we we have uh, Portugal as well um, and in Mexico in the USA. Um, I've just been at a session which was talking about content trends and unscripted is more popular now than ever before, possibly because production budgets have soared to almost uh, unbelievable amounts. Um, are you finding a lot of um, demands for, for unscripted programming and formats, that kind of thing? Uh, we have uh, we, we have found uh, appetite from entertainment and unscripted. Uh, uh, the same is 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 true that the scripted is the king, no, of the consumption in, in platforms overall. But in uh, in commercial channels, that uh, we we lo we work a lot with them. In commercial channels, uh, we we have more opportunities to create and produce entertainment, no? And it's a, it's the core of our company is very balanced between scripted and unscripted uh, in, in both areas, in uh, commercial channels and in uh, platforms as well. Do you think that the U.S. writers' strike might have any impact on 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 how you you can place your programming with with certain platforms or broadcasters? Because obviously there there's going to be less U.S. content, U.S. less U.S. drama. Does that present opportunities for yourself and the company? I I wouldn't like to see that as an opportunity because they have a, a fight uh, and uh, and we respect this fight. We hope uh, they can reach an agreement. The writers, the Spanish writers, are um, uh, shown uh, have shown uh, solidarity with uh, with them, and I'm uh, as well totally uh, respect uh, to 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 their fight, uh, their claims. Uh, the Spanish content has um, has um, uh, has had the resonance in in USA outside our frontiers before the strike. So I hope this situation can can continue as well. Also, another content trend that we've seen is the emergence, the boom of the, the Latin American content market. Um, I mean, obviously, is 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 that a, a, an area of potential growth for you, or is the Spanish content market and the Latin market culturally completely different? Or what what is the actual case there? We are different yeah. already, but we have the same roads. 
And I think um, the Spanish language content has an energy that I personally like a lot. And, and I think uh, we, we always um, uh, find the way to do things together and, uh, and their content is very very well very well appreciated here in Spain and our content is very well appreciated uh, also in, in the Latin market no it's a it's a very very dear market for us okay so so maybe they you know they wouldn't take a Spanish telenovela because they're, they're well suited with their own aren't they what kind of content works well for them over there from that, that you might place with them and the other day, somebody from Mexico told me that the, our um, uh, land in common in, in terms of content or in terms of scripted is the seriela. And it's completely true. It's a combination between series, scripted series, primetime series, as in UK, for example, and a, um, a glimpse of a telenovela, no? which is uh, very, very... Uh, the, the, the Spanish uh, language audiences are very keen of that kind of stories, no? melodrama. And I think it's, uh, that is, is the content that we can uh, do together perfectly. Okay. And a, another trend we've seen is that, you know, um, sports documentary, sports, sports skewing, sports focused content has become hugely popular on platforms such as Amazon and Netflix and, and around the world. Um, obviously, a big story was that, that Banerjee Iberia signed a deal with La Liga to form La Liga Studios. Now, without, I know you don't want to get into the specifics of that too much and, and speak on behalf of Cello Bonifacino. Uh, did I pronounce that right? <laughs> Close enough. Um, can you tell me what this what this offering will add to Banerjee Iberia? And, and primarily, will it be a big new revenue stream for you guys? It's very strategic for us, the, the joint venture with uh, La Liga to create uh, La Liga Studios. La Liga Studios was, was, was one uh, with the, um, with the um, uh, target of uh, organize and uh, make efficient and uh, make a big brand uh, on, on, on the sports content, no? to, the, overall the, the, the content uh, from La Liga and uh, it's, it's very motivating for us. We are very exciting with this uh, new division. We, we believe a lot in sports content, uh, in not only in streamers, only in commercial channels, even in digital, no? which is stronger uh, and stronger. So um, we are now um, doing, um, creating and developing and identifying as well uh, content around our uh, our uh, world to to produce uh, premium content, no? which is our target. Our main target is uh, to create premium content, uh, not only based in, in players, even in trainers, clubs, uh, brands that uh, invest in La Liga as well. So our ambition is, is, is to attract not only a fan, the fan base of sports, even people that never watch a match. Exactly, because so many of those stories, they, they speak to like human emotion and ambition and, you know, all the, all the elements that you'd attribute to a drama normally. Um, can you tell me a little bit, I mean, when we might see the first fruits of this partnership, when the first, are, are any shows ready to, to, be, to, be, to be launched? And can you, can you give me a hint of a couple of shows that we might be seeing? 
Yes, I, I prefer that the Chalo Bonifacino can uh, can talk about that because it's, uh, they have their, their own uh, communication plans, no? But uh, we are uh, in all the kind of genres, in documentary, game shows, reality, scripted, animation. So we are uh, looking uh, for content in all these areas uh, because it's, uh, uh, we think we can uh, do a plan, an ecosystem uh, about the sports in, in, in all kinds of genres yeah. and obviously sports is, is a wash with a lot of sponsorship big companies coming in is, is that another potential revenue stream you know to get that kind of money from big companies in, in that way Exactly. Yeah. We, we are um, available uh, to produce content or to create content uh, for all the um, all the customers of La Liga no? including brands of course yeah. Are there any new formats that are about to be launched by Banerjee Iberia? I mean, obviously, we're, we're hearing about Time Zone here at this festival. Is there is there other stuff in, in, the, in the pipeline that we're going to hear about very soon? Yeah, very soon, very soon, in July, uh, we are launching with uh, Netflix an original format from Cuarzo, one of our opcos. It's the first, um, it's the first um, show created with uh, AI. And it's named Deep Fail Love in, in, in outside Spain and in Spain Falso Amor. It's a dating with this twist of uh, uh, artificial intelligence um, uh, throw out an app uh, that uh, plays with the deep fake uh, technology. This is very interesting. Well, it is interesting because AI is a very divisive subject, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's going to be discussions about it here at Connector if there hasn't been already. There are people who say that it's going to, it's going to help the content community in a lot of ways. There are others who think that it, it's, 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 a, it's an evil influence and could, de could take all our jobs away and destroy the industry as we know it. Where do you sit on that? I'm very curious about that and I think it's, uh, it's, going, it's, it's going to be very helpful for creators creative people overall and in process, no? I think this is a very good uh, news uh, to have uh, intelligent, uh, artificial intelligence uh, close to us. So, um, you know, the technology always is um, scary no? um, for us because we, we always are thinking on extinction. <laughs> but I think it's a very good thing and, and can help and can develop um, very good ideas faster than now. Okay. And uh, moving on to, to drama and fiction, can you tell me how the partnership with Poughkeepsie Films has benefited Banerjee Iberia's scripted offering? Uh, have you any, any, any scripted um, content to announce at the moment? Bueno, uh, the joint venture with uh, the partnership, uh, sorry, with, uh, with Poughkeepsie uh, has been uh, a success for us, for Banijay, because uh, they open us to a diverse, diverse genre. No, it's horror, dark comedy, terror, but also John Adult. Uh, you know that uh, a movie produced by Poughkeepsie, My Fault, is the f is the most traveled non-English uh, movie in the whole service of Amazon, in this whole story. So it's, it's, it's amazing, no? they, they have um, um, a special taste uh, for, for identifying uh, uh, fields and, um, and content, and I'm, I'm very happy. No? Our, our partnership uh, was born from the admiration that I have uh, for them. No? 
And how is Banerjee Iberi finding financing drama? Because we all know we're, we're in tough times and the cost of production has just gone through the roof, hasn't it? Everything is so expensive. Is, is drama be starting to become un unaffordable or are you finding new ways to, to find economy in, when it comes to the tariff of a project? In the, it depends on the project. Uh, producing in Spain is, 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 uh, is, is, is very good in terms of costs. No? We have a cost very reasonable overall comparing with the high level standard of production, the very good talent, great writers and professionals and talent. Uh, and behind and, and front camera, no? so I think it's, 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 it's cheap in terms of comparison with the UK or with the USA, but it's true that our, um, uh, our projects, some of our projects uh, needs more ambition that we can uh, find in, in our territory, so we have to, to do collaboration or co-production outside uh, Spain to try to um, reach this ambition, no? and, and we are now in this process of uh, trying to, to leave uh, a couple of shows um, very expensive for Spain. Okay, and uh, the content industry has evolved hugely in the last few years. What are the opportunities and challenges for Banerjee Iberia in the near future? In the near future, retain IP yeah. and retain um, uh, rights. No, it is it's, it's our claim oh, oh, not only uh, for Vanilla Iberia, even for all the producers, independent producers here in Spain. No? We have to, to fight for them as well. And uh, you know that creativity is the core and the motor of our business. And uh, we invest a lot in creativity. And many of these uh, shows that we create, we invest, never see seeing the, the light, no? never has been commissioned. commissioned. So, that is our main challenge in the coming future and of course uh, retain talent, the, the, the usual no, in our industry, but overall it's uh, retain IP. Yeah. I think it was 2021 there was a lot of debate here at Connector about you know um, quotas and legislation, is the government doing enough to protect the Spanish production uh, industry? Where are we at with that now? Have things improved or, or is, is, is there a stalemate? No, politicians try to, to do things better, and uh, in this field, then we have uh, uh, we have evolved to to good, uh, comparing with the past. No, but uh, there are a lot of uh, of uh, path uh, to, to, to exactly st yeah. exactly steps to go. But uh, of course, we appreciate the the, the effort. No, but. Um, I would like to have the same protection as the French uh, colleagues. The French government uh, protect a lot the, their industry. Uh, and that is our more specifically, what, what does that entail? What would you what what is it exactly that you'd like protecting? Reversion, um, uh, quotas, uh, IP protection as well. So they have a very good, um, uh, very good. Um, legislation that protect the, the, the producers, no? okay, that's okay. important. Um, would you like to acquire more production companies um, you know, to expand your scripted offering, or, uh, and unscripted of course? We are always analysing the market um, and uh, now we are um, put our AI not only in, in producer company, even in entertainment in general. So Bunny Jai Central is uh, open to that, to that with the recent acquisitions 
and uh, we are trying to, to replicate uh, the same, no? to, to, to put the focus on entertainment in general, not only in producer companies. And how is how are the, the production companies from from Iberia, you know, from Portugal? How are they contributing to to the company's offering? Bueno, it's, 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 it's a small market comparing to Spain that is small as well, but uh, they are very good producers and they have uh, they produce a lot. Uh, there are a lot of talent in Portugal, uh, very professional with very very small budget. So uh, I admire prof, pro, um, deeply our our people there. And um, a couple of years ago, you mentioned plans to work with partners in Mexico and Argentina. Um, how has that strategy progressed? Have, has, has anything been kind of uh, resolved there? Have you moved forward with that? Bueno, we have the first result, which is Bosé, the production of the biopic of Miguel Bosé, made with Vaya con Latam and Elefante and China Iberia. And, and we are trying to, to, uh, to build a new uh, scripted project with Argentina, with an uh, Argentinian author. Okay, you can't go into any more detail about that, is it? No, but it's uh, Carlos Wasserman, which is here in the market as well. He's the author of um, very, very good uh, fiction, young adult fiction, and we are trying to, to build the, 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 the production. Just... Um, Wrapping up now, coming back briefly to what you were saying before about the project with, with Netflix, was it for the AI, the AI project? See, the, the is the, his name Deep Fake Love. It's based in deep fake technology and in Spanish it has another name, which is Falso Amor. And what's, what's the brief uh, outline of that? How, how, how would you describe it? It's a dating show based in, uh, in this uh, deepfake uh, technology that you have to test your confidence in your partner. Yeah. So um, you are uh, suffering uh, images that can be real or not. And you have to decide in base of, your, of the confidence of your, of, in your partner if these uh, images is real or not. So the, the, the couple that shows more confidence in their uh, partner won the, will win the, the prize. Sounds like Banerjee Iberi with this show and t uh, Time Zone are really embracing like f future technology, you know, AI, video game kind of um, uh, crossover. Is, is, that, is that part of the strategy? Yeah, and our producers uh, and our creatives are very, very curious. So, so they try to experiment with the new things that, uh, that uh, happen, no? that appears in, in our world. So, uh, and they... Mm, they make a very good combination between classical entertainment and new technologies and that is I think the, 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 the good uh, combination to, to make very good shows you, you, you can uh, you have to tell us if, if you like it <laughs> <laughs> the creative sweet spot yeah thank you very much Pilar I hope you have a great time here at Connector The Central and Eastern European marketplace is shifting quickly as streaming grows and threatens to undermine traditional pay TV platforms, but with linear TV still comparatively strong across the region, proponents remain pugilistic in their fight for subscribers. Network 4 Media Group Development Director Nick Doff, United Media Head of Production and Distribution Tatiana Pavlovich, Warner Brothers Discovery Poland Content Strategy Director Dorota Eberhard and M7 Group Vice President of Platform Content Services Bill Wiedeveld were among the panellists addressing this topic at C21's Content Budapest last month. 
They spoke there with Broadband TV News Editorial Director and Chief East European Analyst Chris Digel. Hi, well this should hopefully be a very interesting panel on pay TV and uh, I have with me four distinguished panellists representing, I suppose, different parts of the CE region who are going to give us our, their insights as to the market and how it's developing. I suppose the first thing to do is actually ask each of the panellists to tell us something about themselves and their companies and what they actually do in the region. So perhaps maybe I can start off with Nick. Perhaps tell us something about Network 4. Right. Um, well, we are sort of the new kids on the block and an overnight success. Took 15 years, but we're now probably number three in the, in the overall market, but only with seven channels. So whereas there are other groups who are bigger than us, they might have 20 channels. So we've, we've done a, we cover an amazing amount of space with, with not very much. We launched a couple of sports channels last year, or the year before last was the first one, then one last year. And the first channel is now number two in, in Hungary in sports. Uh, we've been growing very fast. Um, entertainment's up by 30% in what's meant to be a stagnant market. And obviously the sports um, done incredibly well. Uh, which has led to a, a, a doubling in the size of the group. And uh, we have um, now our first um, foreign channel, so we're in the, in the Czech Republic and looking, looking to do more. So if there are, other, if there are potential partners out there for um, uh, other territories in Central and Eastern Europe, we'd be very interested to hear. Thank you, Nick. Uh, Tatiana, now you're from United Media, parts of the United Group. Yes, exactly. United Media is part of United Group, uh, whose core business is uh, owning and operating telcos and platforms. Uh, we are present in eight countries uh, in a market of about 40 million people. And we also have 55 channels, 55. <laughs> and uh, some of those channels are uh, big free-to-air networks. Certain others are premium pay networks like uh, Nova TV in Greece. And uh, quite a few others are uh, um, thematic uh, basic uh, cable channels. So we do, at one side, we uh, create content and we make uh, those channels for our platforms and for other platforms in the, in the region. But also we do buy channels for... Uh, to, to complete the offering. Okay, Dorota. Hi, TVN. My, yeah, TV, uh, actually the full name is Warner Bros. Discovery TV in Poland. <laughs> <laughs> and it really matters because after all the mergers, we now end up with 25 channels. Uh, four of them are free to air, the rest is pay. Plus we've got three uh, streaming platforms, two uh, SVOD and one AVOD, our uh, latest baby in the, in the family, just launched half a year ago. And... And just as this is about pay TV, I, I, I can say from the very beginning that despite the huge volumes of content we produce, despite the huge offering, pay TV brings half of revenue for our company in Poland. So uh, basically, we feel pay TV is not only in a very strong place, but, but, but still crucial for building all the other lines of business. You've nicked my next question. I'll come back to that. Um, Bill, M7, Canal Plus. Yes, so yeah, I'm from M7. M7 is maybe less known than Canal Plus, and that makes sense because Canal Plus has been, of course, for decades, a leading producer, uh, content uh, producer for, uh, uh, well, worldwide. Um, 
And that is also one of our key benefits as M7. So our business is primarily pay television, that's why I'm on this panel, pay TV, uh, for nine European countries. Um, so we have been developing out of the Benelux market into the German-speaking markets and then Central Eastern Europe. That's where we are now. Um, I mean, we are going through a transition from, let's say, classic pay TV, which is still indeed very relevant. Linear TV is very strong. That's what we see on a daily basis. But what we very much believe is that uh, to remain relevant as a pay TV operator, you have to innovate and extend your offering. And that's what we have been doing uh, over the last years. Uh, expanding with more premium type of content, asphalt platform, streaming services. Um, and yeah, where possible, we do that in partnerships with, uh, with telcos or with content providers. Right, okay. Well, okay, let, let's wind back a bit because you've, you've touched on a couple of points I'd like to expand uh, as the conversation progresses. So, okay. How relevant, in fact, is pay TV now in Central and Eastern Europe, given the spread of streaming services? What is the state of play, in your view, of the market as a whole? You, you represent different regions, in a sense. Um, so perhaps maybe start off again with Nick. I think you have some st stats you could tell us. Well, um, it's very, very interesting. I mean, I, I, I'm responsible for the OTT services as well at... Uh, network four, and we were very worried about the um, uh, the impact that OTT was going to have on on our business, and so we accelerated the OTT side. First company to do any pay per view in in Hungary, and um, we've been putting quite a lot of effort into it. And I'm glad that we have, because obviously that is where the wave is coming from, and that's where the growth is going to be. Um, but I, I, I dug out some Nielsen figures, which um, I, I passed on to Chris before this, and, it, and the needle's hardly moved um, as far as viewership is concerned for, for Hungary, for linear. So uh, the death of linear has been very much exaggerated. And, uh, but I think we all realize that the growth is probably going to come from, um, from OTT, and uh, we've been looking very closely at examples around the world, and particularly with ITV's um, TVX, which is a, an interesting model of a blended services of um, AVOD, SVOD, and Linear all working together as one, as one thing. And we're looking to uh, potentially steal that idea. If I may add some numbers to what you just said, we, of course, we, we are constantly concerned about a drop, a drop of the ratings, but we looked recently at the average time spent on linear television. In Poland, it's still 220 minutes a day on average. And if you can compare it with Scandinavia, in Scandinavia, it's approximately 180 minutes a day. In South uh, of Europe, it's 150. So I don't know how it's in other CE markets, but in Poland, of course, we know it's, it's, it's going to decrease. But for now, with 220 minutes a day, we, we, we feel telev linear television is, is, is an important place on, on video market. Yeah, Bill. I can, yeah, I can confirm, it's, it's true. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, we have to be prepared for the future. And uh, also, for, let's say, for the new generations. And um, so, yeah, therefore, we have to develop. And that's also why we innovate and um, take the advantage of uh, the streamers, take out the good, the good parts of it. Um, and I think that the pay TV operators uh, have the big advantage that at least they have a solid base to work from. 
Uh, we don't need to develop from scratch. Um, and I think that the, the asphalt and streaming proposition gives the little extra which helps to retain current subscribers, but also a way to attract new ones, especially the younger generations, which are more, let's say, tech-savvy and also uh, used to watch on mobile devices and so on. And also, of course, uh, keen on uh, uh, receiving more premium content than just the basics. So, okay. so it makes sense. It's, uh, it's there and it's a very still a very solid uh, base also for us. But uh, it doesn't mean uh, we can just enjoy and, and, uh, and wait what's happening. So we have to yeah. anticipate. And there is and there's an opportunity now with the streamers uh, sure. that are not in their best shape anymore compared to right, a couple of years okay, ago. Okay. Tatiana? Um, I think PayTV is doing pretty well. <laughs> and uh, if we want to uh, maybe ask ourselves what, is, what would be the real danger for, for uh, PayTV? And if we say that's the streaming services or OTT like Nick was mentioning, we will immediately understand that uh, PayTV is going to continue being fine. Because in the end, Watching linear television is very important. Uh, part of it is not doing anything and letting someone else decide for you what you're going to watch. So instead of spending 20 minutes searching for the movie, you can, uh, you can just click on a button. So I think that is something that will keep uh, uh, pay TV and linear television pretty much alive. And there are other things like sport content and news that you don't have the at least for the moment, you don't have the habit to search on, on, uh, on, uh, on non-linear places. So as long as we have uh, a big sport events, uh, news, and certain entertainment uh, programs, I think we're, we're fine. So you, you all agree that um, pay TV is still quite relevant in the age of streamers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you also, do you feel that the this sort of initial boost that streaming services enjoyed in the last couple of years, is that sort of changing now? Is the market dynamic changing, do you say? I, th well, I think it's, um, uh, all, all, of the, all, of, all of the original players are finding new roles. So like for instance, um, the platforms are becoming aggregators and are, are retailers. So we work um, with, um, uh, both um, Telecom and with uh, Vodafone here, who are retailing our, our SVOD services. And um, so we would like to work very, very much more, even more closely with them um, and um, for them to be more proactive in, in, their, in their sales of us and that um, they should see their growth coming from our growth. Um, but, but sometimes we find that um, the platforms are sort of frenemies. Um, so we, we, you know, we're, we're trying to um, bring them innovation and bring them new ideas and bring them new content um, and try and build a new, uh, a new tomorrow. Um, but, but, but sometimes they, they can be very defensive and saying, well, no, we do that. Um, you, you, stay in your, you stay in your place as a channel provider and that's, that's it. But I, I think that's a very short-sighted um, view, uh, view of them and that they need to realize that for the new ecosystem needs to have space for everyone to be able mm. to um, provide new things for the, um, for the viewer. Because if, if, if we don't do it, then other people will do it. So I think it's better that we cannibalize our own market than have other people doing it for us.
Right. If I could add one thing to this discussion about competition between streamers and, and linear television, we did a very big research recently about, about audience, how, how, how they feel in Poland nowadays. And one of the things we learned is that there are two types of consuming video or consuming television. It's focused consumption in the prime time where people come and they know what they want to watch. And that's where the streamers come in. You, you, in the evening, you, you, you know you want to see a premium drama series or something. But during the whole daytime, it's more like what we call fireplace consuming of television. You want just, you want just to have something in the background while you're doing some other things during the day, whether you are at home during laundry or whether you've got a very boring job and you want to have something. <laughs> 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 to, to, to look at. So, 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 so we feel there is, if, if there is the competition with big streamers, it's probably in the prime time when they, we compete for this focused consumption. During the daytime, there is nothing like, like television to be your friend during the day, to be your fireplace. Okay. Bill, anything to add there? Yeah, well, as, as I already pointed out, I believe that uh, we should also look at what is your actual strength. Uh, also with telco operators, uh, it's not their natural habit to develop uh, TV content or to acquire TV content. It was a necessity. And especially now with content uh, prices going up uh, uh, in certain areas, including sports and, and, and series and films, mm -hmm. uh, we believe it makes much more sense to work together um, say basically telco, say you yeah. concentrate on what you're good at, broadband, rolling out broadband, 5G, fiber, that's always been their core business and I think that's, that's, uh, that's what they should concentrate on and uh, yeah. partner with a party who is strong at, at creating your, video your content. Your strong point is content, I suppose, yeah? Yeah, I mean, yeah. in that respect, we are not competing with telco, yeah. so it's, it's a perfect uh, opportunity to make partnerships and yeah. And uh, each contributing uh, from their own strength. Do, do your, your companies have similar strategies working with partners? Oh, well, we do have telcos, so <laughs> right. the frenemy side is not really uh, something that worries us because our primary business is owning and operating telcos and platforms. Mm. And uh, I think uh, what our channels, the, the 55 of them, are there to complete and to maximize the content we are um, investing in. Like we were discussing earlier about the windowing. Um, in Serbia, we were the first to introduce the binge watching with one of uh, big premium dramas called Black Sun. And it was extremely beneficial for our entire business, also for the platform. It brought in some more subscribers and so on. On the other hand, when we produce content like, um, I don't know, 160 episodes of the prime time series in, uh, in, uh, in Croatia, that is less something that we would put on the, uh, uh, that, that we would uh, first uh, show on the OTT because it simply, it addresses different audiences. And uh, as long as we can, uh, we, we, we do a curated offer of, uh, of, uh, of this content side that is today, like as you can see, uh, absolutely huge, then, uh, then I think we will not be losing any, any subscribers or audiences. Mm -hmm. But we need to really make sure 
to give to the people, like Dorota was saying, focused or not focused, to give to the people what they, what they actually need. And for this, the, the local expertise still is the key. Yeah, and Dorota, you mentioned windowing has been quite important. For yeah, yeah, I, I'm looking after content strategy in the group and with 25 channels and three platforms, I, I, I really may say I became uh, the, the, the master of windowing because it, at, at the end, it, it's all about that, how to, how to plan where we reach, what, what audience in what day part, uh, for how long do we need the content to work on SVOD before we move it to pay, before we move it to free? And, and, and then, when, when, when I thought my job cannot get even, uh, cannot get harder, we launched a VOD platform. But, you know, surprise, surprise, we put the content that is five years old. And, and still, there are some new fans of the of the old beloved formats like Ugly Betty or things from from many years ago. So 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 so, so, so apparently we see okay. So there's another target group that hasn't seen it yet, and the smart windowing gives gives them that chance to to grasp it. And there are many questions about our policy in the US with David Zaslav announcing recently that we are uh, uh, conducting some sales and cooperation with Netflix. And the questions were, how is that possible? Why are you, aren't you protecting IPs? You know, again, it's just adding one more window to, to, to the strategy. So, so, so seeing if there is another point of contact where we can give the content to the audience and give some more dollars to David Zaslav. <laughs> uh, any thoughts about windowing, say, from your perspective, Nick? Well, um, we, we are very, very behind the curve on this. Um, okay. We are currently, our, 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 our OTT side is largely a, a catch-up service. Um, we have been... We are, we are looking to introduce an AVOD service and are thinking about the, the, the fast service, but, but soft services. But what we, we want to try and find a way of doing this in conjunction with our, with our platform partners. And getting them to engage properly with this um, has been a, quite, a, quite a struggle for us. And so maybe what we should do is what uh, you guys had, the way you, where you, where you own your own platforms. <laughs> I'm interested oh, sorry, about um, your strategies of acquisition versus uh, um, local content, what your company's strategies are. Perhaps, again, maybe um, you could sell us, start off, Nick. Well, um, we, 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 we buy practically everything in. So uh, ITV is one of our uh, largest providers, all three media, uh, some Germans, Italians, okay. and stuff like that. We have very little um, content that is actually Hungarian. Um, from, okay. from, Are you planning um, to? We have um, we we have bought in um, one format which we are we're doing ourselves. Um, we've been talking to other people about some other stuff, and so we we'd like to do that. But we are um, we like to try and be efficient and to um, deliver um, uh, results uh, rather than just be big and mm -hmm. try and do all sorts of try and do everything and um, we like to do what we do very well and hopefully give a give a, a profit to the shareholders so we can actually build and grow mm -hmm. um, what we are 
really wanting to do is to expand the business outside Hungary. Um, so we're not so dependent on one particular market. And you're going into the Czech Republic and Slovakia? So we're, we're, we're there already. Um, okay. And um, we have a, 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 a sports tie-up with O2 um, there with the, the NFL. And we're looking to exp expand that. Um, mm. So sports is now well over 50% of the business mm. um, from nowhere. So within two years, um, we've gone from nowhere and one distribution on one on one one of the three platforms here to having distribution on all three platforms not for one channel but for two channels and that has just crippled our cash flow mm. uh, but it's uh, but it has made us a much larger organization with with, with all the benefits that go with it because um, obviously, the, the, the bigger you are, the, the better the deals you have with the, the platforms, so you get more money for your carriage fees, and so the whole thing is a virtuous circle. But it's, uh, it's, been, a, it's been a tough Well, Tatiana, again, you, you have a lot of channels oh, in yeah, United sure. Media. Um, so basically, as we have this large amount of uh, channels, we do absolutely both. We do produce a lot, and some of my colleagues from those channels are here in the audience, uh, with, together with all these lovely people. I hope we are sharing useful information. <laughs> um, we do produce a lot, and these, these productions are usually for the prime time and to, uh, for the free-to-airs, because that's where the budgets are. Uh, but we also do a lot of acquisitions with both uh, studios and independent producers, uh, distributors, and we, we have really a huge amount of, uh, of, uh, of this type of deals with, without which we wouldn't be able to, uh, to, to fill in all the slots. So when we produce, we, we, we have a great creative team, for example, in Croatia. So we, there we produce everything in-house. In Serbia, we do in-house and also with external productions, just like in, uh, in uh, Bulgaria and Greece. So uh, we are really very much open, and it's on the case-to-case -case basis. Now we are into this situation where we can observe this phenomenon pretty much in all the all the markets, there is a, a, a abundance of content being produced. It's great for the producers, but it's also something that brings the prices higher up because there, there's only so much talent. And with those, uh, uh, with, with those augmentations of prices, given that the ad market is steady uh, or declining, we still, we, 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 we can see that production can be just a little bit more fragile than it used to be. So mm -hmm. this, is, this is the problem because in the end, we go with the safe choice, you know. And the bold decisions are what actually makes the real difference. So mm -hmm. let's hope uh, th this can change. But with the, with the, the war that is going on, sadly, it's, uh, it, we will need to wait a little bit before we reach yeah. that point, I think. Yeah, and again, Dorota, CVN has yeah. multiple channels yeah and uh, and we produce 4000 hours of content a year but uh, to answer your question i would like again to make one step back to to to, to uh, and go back to what what audience needs and, and and again in the research we did this year we were checking what audience is looking for as far as content is concerned and w what we found out is that the audience polish viewers 
are in a very bad place mentally. We are exhausted with no. We are exhausted with war in Ukraine. We are exhausted with political uh, battles in in Poland, with inflation of 20% and, and and growing. And we are very concerned about the global ecological crisis, etc., etc., etc. Really, we 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 haven't seen that bad. Re feedback from audience for many, many years. And, and we see that television has now three main needs from the audience that we need to take care of. And the one is to address all those fears about the future. The second is to build the community, to, 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 to let people know we are all together. And three, of course, this is good old escapism and give them something to, to, look, to, 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 to look away from, from reality. And then, of course, when we look at building community, it's about big live events, about sport, about concerts, etc. We need to do this locally. It's about news that we need to provide to, to, to the audience because they need to know. Interesting fact, one of our pay channels, uh, news channels, that is usually around 1% market share, when, uh, when Wagner Group was invading Moscow in Russia, it became the most watched channel in Poland, uh, exceeding free-to-air TVN, free-to-air Polsat, etc., etc., number one, because everyone wanted to know what, what, what's, happening, what's happening in Russia. But then when we come to those other needs, like escapism, finding you know things, things to, to to forget what's going on. Then the acquisitions are the best, and as you said to your point, most efficient financially also solution. So 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 so, so if it's if, if you're asking about production versus versus uh, acquisitions, we first look what we can provide locally, and mo the most important thing is to address the the needs. I yeah. would say of and the again, audience. Bill, yeah, we, we also have done research, <laughs> yeah. and uh, so what we have uh, found out is uh, also looking at what people really are looking for still in all the abundance of content uh, is is content with a much more European flavor, quality quality content with a European flavor, also a way to to make yourself different from the uh, most of the streamers, and that's that's again where the strength of Canal Plus comes in because that's what they've been doing of course already for decades. Uh, of course, we have a very French flavor, but also getting more and more European. Mm -hmm. And since we are operating uh, throughout nine European markets, uh, um, it is for us important, of course, that we have content. If it's produced, that it can appeal to, of course, as, as much as possible uh, people throughout all these uh, markets. And it, and it works pretty well. So that is the, the, let's say, that's one of the focus. And then uh, we also are looking for the mix, of course, with strong local content. Uh, which we also start to produce ourselves. And what is, of course, key, and that has been mentioned, is that, uh, especially for a pay TV operator, to stay relevant, is that you, you have to come up with the right premium content mix, which is, for us, uh, uh, films series, again, from the Studio Canal uh, libraries, but also newly produced, and sports. Um, so we've been also acquiring uh, um, uh, soccer rights, for different markets, uh, Premier League rights for Czech Republic, Slovakia. Um, we have acquired the Champions League rights for Austria from uh, next year onwards. And um, yeah, this is for us pretty important to uh, to really offer something relevant uh, which is not available yet. And again, as I said, uh, we're looking for partnerships to make this also with the right economies of scale 
Yeah. Because we very much believe, uh, as I said, you cannot just do it all by yourself. You need to have partners to uh, yeah. to make it happen, especially if you want to to compete or to be relevant uh, among the uh, world of streamers. Okay, let's uh, move back again a bit to talk about fast, fast services, because again, it's a very sexy subject and it's something we can't really avoid. Uh, and they're obviously the big rage in the US, certainly, and also in Western Europe. What, how do you see the prospects for Central and Eastern Europe, and especially the markets you actually operate in? Well, um, we are, as I, as I said earlier, um, we would very much like to look at doing this. I think that um, your, your, as you were saying about uh, windowing, it is the obvious um, uh, either either first window or last window, um, mm -hmm. depending on which way you which way you play it. Um, I mean, in, in many ways, it's the it's the closest thing to to linear TV. It's just delivered on a on a different on a different platform. Um, I think that um, making uh, making it work um, properly financially obviously requires to have. Um, uh, a, a good ad uh, ad platform uh, that makes it all work um, that can work with uh, lower volumes because obviously sometimes we're we're smaller markets and so uh, I, you know I have had some initial discussions with um, uh, Google Google DFP but it's quite difficult to get to the there's a bit of chicken and egg you know so they want to talk to you when you're big but to get big we need to get the ads and so it's sort of it's, it's a bit like that so. Mm. I think we want to do it, um, but we want to have um, definitely the uh, the support and buy-in of the platforms, because they are they are our, our major our major partner, and um, we would like them to be taking an active part in 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 in, in this in this development. Because I see this being a big part of our growth, and also the growth potentially for the platforms, if they are if they are supportive. Bill. Yeah, I mean, from our perspective, we believe fast is, is slightly overhyped. I mean, it's it's relevant for bigger markets like like UK or US, probably Poland. Again, it's I mean, it's all about uh, eyeballs, eh, which mm -hmm. you need to 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 make it uh, yeah commercially relevant in the end. So the markets we operate operate in, we believe they are simply too small to make it relevant. It doesn't mean there's no role for fast, but rather as a kind of feature, we can group long tail channels. That's a small thematic channels in genres in a meaningful way. Um, that's where we think it could work, or maybe as a kind of barker channel for the, the more premium content. But not so much as, a, let's say, a, a commercial opportunity in itself, uh, at least for our markets. But it, it really depends where you operate. Mm -hmm. In Poland, the, well, uh, there are already some fast channels. The, you know, first of all, Warner Bros. announced that there is the ambition to launch fast platforms, Warner Bros. fast channels uh, in selected markets globally. We hope Poland will be one of them, and we are we are learning and testing how how we could how we could make it work. Absolutely, Bill, to your point, it's about the scale. We feel the 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 the, the market is big enough. To, to try this, what, what, what we know so far about the fast, first of all, we are grateful they are not there yet because it's a good thing for television, one, one, one competitor less. But, but what we see is 
uh, that definitely this is this lean back experience that is offered to the audience. We, so, which means you, you you click on and you may watch your beloved show for the whole day long. And and and, and looking at how popular this solution in the United States is, especially among good old classic uh, series, TV, the television scripted series, it's. This knowledge is useful, it's a very useful know-how for both digital space, but also linear and pay TV space. Because we know that, we learn from this, that people want, first of all, they want to have this uh, binge experience. And this is the first thing we are also ex uh, making on our pay TV side. So we see that four, four episodes in a row, they work very well, so we say then, okay, let's 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 see if we can put five or six episodes in a row. Will, will that st still stay there? Apparently, they uh, they stay. So that's one thing. The second thing is that we really see the, this return of evergreen series, the, the, those beloved feel-good movies. You know, Friends are number one on HBO Max, and and we see many many other evergreen movies returning, both in streaming, on fast services, and this is also something we, uh, we feel is working on, on, on pay TV side, so offering evergreens coming back to the good old titles. One other lesson we take from this, fast success is, is building franchises. So it's, windowing is number most popular word in our Warner Bros. Discovery world, and franchises is the second most popular word, fast being third. And uh, which means if the gold rush works in US for the last 10 years, we should be giving more of that to the audience. So spin-offs, franchising, adding special episodes. This is the third thing that we see works both in streaming, in fast, and definitely is something we can also implement, and if not implemented before, to 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 to, to pay channels. So um, uh, I I love uh, fast because uh, when you think what it stands for, it's a free ad supported television, right? Which is the yeah. definition of commercial television in 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 its uh, stricto sense. So I mean, it's uh, it's this is just another way of recycling content. And to be very honest, it's true. Our territories are very very small, but in in a way. Uh, this is nothing new. Fast channels are just channels with all series in them. I mean, <laughs> it's it's really very funny. Um, when I think one of our platforms, maybe in the premium offering, has 220 channels, do we really have space for more? Mm -hmm. do, is is there is there does it make sense to go into that? I mean, probably yes. Like Bill was saying, for for territories like Poland, like uh, U.S., etc., it does. But. Uh, for us, I feel that a lot of these 220 channels are already fast channels, if you know what I mean. So um, We actually have a question from the audience. It's anonymous. Um, uh, well, Dorota spoke about audiences seeking out escapist content. What genres work best? Is live events slash 
shiny floor programming. Still a draw. Can someone answer that? I can answer really quickly uh, from the uh, very interesting um, um, example from our group. In Croatia, we have an exclusive uh, um, uh, an exclusivity with the, the national team of soccer. And Croatia is a very big soccer nation, as you all know. And when we broadcast this kind of content, it reaches 60% share. These kind of results are impossible with anything else. You can have a shiny floor studio, it will be maybe 40, maybe 45. 60% share only with this kind of content. So it's it's a, it's rare even even for sport events, but we can uh, we can observe that if you have sport that everyone likes, and if you have uh, the exclusivity, you can really uh, the, the the only way to reach big big numbers is uh, is with that. We only have a couple of minutes left, uh, so I'd perhaps like to wind up by asking you. Again, the subject, the main subject of the discussion was pay TV. How do you see things say in three years time? in the region. Are there really going to be any dramatic yeah, changes yeah, as far as, <laughs> far as it's concerned, you know, prospects for pay a lot, of a lot of consolidation will have taken place among the streamers, uh, we okay. believe, because it, I mean, they cannot continue like this because they're just making losses. They cannot really uh, substantially invest in new, creating new content anymore. So I think that leaves, uh, again, room for uh, pay TV uh, operators to strike back and to show that they are relevant after all, and in spite of, of course, all the criticism. Uh, but again, uh, if they innovate in the right way, taking the, the right elements of, of uh, the streaming, the asphalt proposition, um, so offering relevant premium content on top of the, the let's say, the, the linear pay TV offering, uh, offering it in, of course, in the right uh, pricing way, but also in, the, in an easy to, to watch way with the right tools mm. uh, through the different devices, I think then, uh, I think in a couple of years we can see that uh, pay TV uh, is uh, even more relevant than we thought today. Right. Do, do you, the others agree with that? Uh, let me just second Bill on this optimistic vision. <laughs> I, I, I fully agree with Dorota's comment. <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. I mean, uh, we, we should become the biggest streamers out there because we have the, the channels in the, in the territories. So we have the benefit of being able to uh, market and cross-promote from our, our linear channels and, and become the, the, dominant, the dominant force and not be too scared of the, um, you know, the big streamers coming in from outside. They should be scared of us. Right, okay. So, on a positive note, thank you very much, panellists. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this episode, but you can hear more interviews by tuning in to our C21 FM internet radio station from Monday. The podcast will be back next Friday. In the meantime, stay up to date with all the latest international TV industry news and views by following C21 online, on mobile and social media. My name's Jonathan Webdale. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 